It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies right here on this beautiful Saturday morning. My stars, what a way to start the day with the Love Ladies. Hope you have your cup of coffee and you're ready for an awesome conversation today as you listen to KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk. Again, you found Love Talk. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader, and of course, I'm in studio with my beautiful co-host, Kathy Enderbrock. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Good morning, Coach Carrie. Happy Saturday morning, friends. We love spending time with you at the end of each week. And we are, we hope that you're doing great today. And, you know, Coach Carrie, I think about each new season that we walk through because we can kind of feel the change in the weather. And, and each season we walk through kind of brings these beautiful new opportunities. And so we're going to enter a new series, uh, really discussing some of the new opportunities that we have right in front of us because November brings the reminder and the opportunity to be thankful. Right, Coach? Absolutely. To see those small blessings, to renew our hearts in joy and thankfulness, to grow in thankfulness. And, you know, sometimes this is so interesting. I found that this has happened with me. Sometimes the things that we desperately wanted and desired so deeply and we were thankful for at one point in our lives, they no longer bring us joy or thankfulness now. Why is that? And how can we turn that around this November, this Thanksgiving season. We want a fresh spark and a renewal of joy and thankfulness for maybe some of those things that are right in front of us that we're taking for granted. I absolutely agree. You know, it's uh, I was getting out my fall decorations. I'm a little late. You know, <laughs> my my daughter is, uh, you know, of course, Kathy, you know, and listening friends know the, the oldest child is uh a freshman in college, uh, goodness, what, 12 hours away, three states away up in Nashville. Um, and she's the one who loved the fall decorating. She's the one who asked for it about four or five years ago. Um, but I was getting everything out here. She's coming home um, next weekend. And so I was getting everything out and I got out the thankfulness box, Kath. You know, Aww, we started this I love a few it. years ago. And so I'm super excited um, to begin the thankfulness box because uh, Logan and I, um, my, my son, who is a senior, you guys know, um, we were just discussing some blessings that have just been so unexpected for him and for our family and uh, just being able to reflect on that. And we want to write those things down and stick those blessings in that thankfulness box. So um, right towards Thanksgiving, we get all those out and we just read them as a family around the table. And I tell you what, it is a sweet, sweet, special time. And I'm really looking forward to that. So yes, the unexpected blessings um, when we just open our eyes at Logan said yesterday when we were talking about it, he goes, mom, we would be so stupid to not see the blessings that have come from, you know, some heartache. And I was like, oh my gosh, way to go, son. Like that's a, that's a 35 year old thing to say in a 17 year old body. Um, and so, uh, anyhow, super thankful for that. Well, Kath, what, what's been going on in your world? I mean, we have some special guests today and we're going to get to them shortly. Uh, but what has been going on in your world? Yeah, I, um, you know, it's, I love this. It, it kind of reminds me. So our, our key verse for today is Philippians 1, 3. It says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. And so there's mm. something happening that's coming up in our house that, you know, when I when I talk to friends about, the, they're just surprised by my response. Because so my mom is going to be having uh, major back surgery. And so she's coming up here to mm. Idaho to recover from, from it. She's going to have the surgery here because in New Mexico – uh, you know, they've gone to a really socialist system. The good doctors have left to Arizona and New Mexico. It's, it's hard to find a good doctor that they can really trust. And so they're actually coming up here to Idaho for the surgery. Wow. And so they're going to wow. be recovering. And so, you know, we've got them one of those beds that moves up to the 70 degree angle. So mom can sit up and everything. And I'm so excited to have them here to be able to just serve them and love mm. on them and take care of them because I think, mm -hmm. you know, I just, I don't know. I always think you take care of your parents when they're, you know, they're, they're kind of, um, 
old and maybe frail or something like that. But, you know, my mom and dad, they're just vibrant. And, you know, they they love to travel. They go to Africa. They love to go to Europe. But this back thing has kind of taken all of that away. So I'm just so excited that they get to be here with me to go through this very hard thing because we're going to be able to pray together. We're going to be able to encourage one another and I just, I think it's going to be this incredible memory, even though it's going to be a hard memory and, and, and a challenge. And it's easy here for me to sit here and say this because I'm not going to be the one to deal with all, all of the pain that my mom is going to go through. But I don't know. I just love that we're going to get to be together through that and pray through that and help one another through that. And it's just such a unique opportunity to go through something so hard together. So I'm just, I'm looking forward to it, but you know, I do appreciate all of our listeners praying just for healing and uh, just a quick recovery through that. So that's kind of something that we've been preparing for in the end of rock household. Well, Kath, you know, it's, it's interesting when you talk and I know it comes across over the airwaves, the emotion in your voice and um, you know, I can see your face and I can I can visibly see your emotion, but your emotion comes out through your voice. Mm-hmm. And when we feel passionately about something, mm-hmm. um, it shows in our voices. And I'm, what a way, what a beautiful way to look at that. And I'm sure that's so comforting to your mom. I, I she's been such a huge uh, blessing for you mm-hmm. um, and just a, a rock solid um, picture of grace and beauty for you, your, your whole life. And so for you to be able to give, back to her in this way. Oh, I'm sure she is thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) A caregiver extraordinaire. Um, Wow, that is amazing. Well, Kathy, you know, I would be remiss. Here we are. It's the beginning of basketball season. And for me, as a basketball coach, mom, all the things, I am just so thrilled um, because when the weather starts to turn, that means um, that – uh, leather ball is bouncing on the hardwood and that means I get to see my kid play. And so I'm super excited about that as well. Mm-hmm. So just had to throw in that plug there because that is, um, that is of course a happy place for me. Super thankful to be able to coach Logan's team this fall. Um, uh, you know, his coach was so gracious to, ha- to let me do that. And that was a super fun, um, opportunity for me. So, um, yeah, here we go. Moving on. Okay. Well, Kathy, tell us about the, these amazing guests that we have today. As we talk about thankfulness, our guests today are just a beautiful picture of marriage and how being thankful within a marriage can bring so much joy. Well, and I love it because they have been through hardship in marriage. Uh, We do have two incredible guests. They're professional relationship and marriage counselors. They're a husband and wife team. And I love that they bring hope and healing to married couples who are struggling to connect and grow together or even heal from past hurts. And uh, they have just an, an incredible testimony of brokenness, healing, and complete restoration. And so their insights today, their wisdom are really going to set our feet on solid ground and provide us with some invaluable practical tools to equip and encourage our marriages today. And and friends, I just want to want to tell you if if you're not married, these same principles can be applied to whatever important relationship you are currently in or or even struggling to repair. And so as we head into this wonderful Thanksgiving and holiday season, we can be focused on building up, encouraging one another, and blessing each other while we still can. Now, this married couple are founders of Hope Matters Marriage Ministries. It's a Dallas-based biblical marriage and individual counseling ministry. They're public speakers, co-authors of a book called I Do Again. It's this incredible revealing book on the hidden secrets that can slowly destroy a marriage, as well as the spiritual awakening that opens the way to healing. They offer renewed hope for the most troubled marriages and relationship, and they share really deeply how the rewards of restoration are well worth the wait and well worth the work. Um, and, and I love it. I'll, I'll just give you a little bit of insight. They actually, um, in their own experience, they, they uh, did the hard work and pressed in and saw God really work a miracle in their own message, in their own marriage 
after seven years of divorce, they were reconciled and not reconciled to a ho-hum, I guess we can make this work marriage, but reconciled to a fulfilling, incredible, adventurous, I love you more than I ever thought possible kind of marriage. Um, and their goal is to help those they serve really have fulfilling godly relationships, a deeply connected marriage awesome friendships and community and an uh, abundant work life and healthy relationship with yourself. And uh, so I just want to welcome them to Love Talk. Uh, Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs, welcome to Love Talk. We love having you here with us today. Thank you so much, Kathy and uh, Carrie. We welcome, we're, we're glad to be here. We're excited about our time with you and just uh, hopefully we can provide some insight into, you know, your listeners' lives, and we're excited about Thanksgiving and this time of the year and thankfulness, but we think it's important to be thankful 365 a year, you know, it's like, it's an, yeah, most importantly to be thankful for the gift of, right, marriage and, and of course, for what each other, God's yeah. son did for all of us, right? Yeah. Jesus. And I was sitting there, Kathy, listening to your emotion with your parents, and <clears throat> I thought about how... I love this whole idea of the thankful uh, topic, and it, it made me, all of a sudden, my heart filled up with, we're actually thankful that we can be biblical marriage counselors, because uh, the Bible is the direction for marriage, and so I got teared up. <laughs> Thank you for that. I just, that is one thing, like, you know, Carrie is, she's the cool, the calm, the whatever. And to me, you actually, you know, exactly how I'm feeling all the time because my voice just for whatever reason will not hide it. And so anyway, thank you for that. Yeah. I, Kathy, I don't think I've ever been called cool, calm, and collected. So, <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, Jeff and Cheryl, we have just a few minutes left here in this segment. So, Cheryl, let me start with you. Yeah. Um, you know, how how did you know, how did you come to know in your life that Jesus loves you? Wow. That's a big question. I have two, That's a big two, question. I have two minutes on that one. Uh, well, first and foremost, um, you know, I knew about Jesus. Uh, I knew about God. Um, but I didn't understand God's love for me. Uh, I didn't understand a personal relationship with Christ uh, or any of that until our marriage fell apart. And... I didn't even know I was supposed to study the Bible. And so a couple months after, and we'll probably go into the story, but, um, you know, Jeff and I were divorced uh, in 1992 and the Lord was coming after me. And I, and the love of God right then were friends and community that I had at my church um, and understanding what a community of believers could be as Jesus love, as Jesus you know, feet, hands and feet. And so that's where I began my journey. And then once I started studying the Bible and came to saving knowledge of um, being a Jesus follower, uh, which was two months after our divorce was final, uh, that's when I really began to understand uh, God's love for me. And, and of course, that's been a 30-year journey now. Um, I was 33 at the time, and I'm now 63. <laughs> so that, that love um, has, you know, in my heart only deepened and I've gained more understanding through all the different seasons of life that we've experienced up until now, because there's not just one season. That was one one of our seasons and one of our, for me specifically, a wilderness experience for me, the seven years of waiting for restoration. Um, but all the seasons that have come after that, and really the seasons before that, we weren't really looking at it from that you know, spiritual perspective at that time. Uh, God's love has always been the solid rock along the way of any season that we've been in and any season that may come. So mm -hmm. uh, I hope that answers that question. I love it just that, that Jesus' love is that solid rock. And, friends, you know, if, if, if y'all are 
feeling like, hey, I don't have a rock under my feet. I just have shifting sands. I'm just being swallowed up here by life and by the worries of this world. You're going to want to stay tuned to find out more about Jesus, how he just loves you dearly, how he can turn your worst challenge into your greatest friends. And welcome back to Love Talk. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader in studio today with Kathy Endebrock and our special guests today, Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs. What an amazing journey they have been on um, and a journey of brokenness, reconciliation, work, um, and ultimately seeing God's hand over a marriage. Um, wow, what what a journey. I can't wait to get into this with you guys today as we discuss being thankful in marriage. Uh, now, Jeff and Cheryl, you guys have said that, obviously, you haven't always had a strong marriage, um, that there was a time in 1992 that you guys divorced. How long had you been married before you divorced? We were married 10 years. Okay, so you were married 10 years. You divorced in 92. And then there was a seven-year period. I can't get over this number seven. Obviously, there's so many sevens in the Bible, right? Um, I'm sure there's some significance there. Um, But you had a seven-year journey where you were divorced. Tell us about at seven years from brokenness to reconciliation, how did that happen? You know, Carrie, I'll just give a little backstory so we don't have to go into the whole story because that's really what our first book I do again uh, talks about. But awesome. we, we were married um, what we call now uh, in a non-Christ centered marriage, worldly, worldly, you know, just, um, and so that was 82 to 92. Um, we lived in California at the time. We looked like we had the perfect life, the perfect marriage, the perfect jobs. Um, by the world standards, we looked like we really had it going on. And, you know, the reality, and now that we're, golly, uh, almost 40 years down the road here, um, we weren't connected spiritually, nor were we connected uh, very much emotionally, um, from a physical standpoint. Um, I hope you don't mind me saying this. You know, we had a lot of sex. I didn't understand really what biblical, um, sex and intimacy looked like at that time. Uh, so for me, I was actually finding myself really lonely. Um, never seeing that as a Jesus thing at that point, but didn't feel connected to Jeff. Uh, long story short, uh, for me, it ended up eight years in. I had an affair with someone that I worked with. And so um, that threw me into a tailspin, never saw it coming, wasn't looking for it, um, but it was filling a huge void that I really had had most of our marriage. And no excuses. I ended up, now I understand it all very clearly, I was under a, a very heavy deception, um, thought I had married the wrong guy, uh, which are very common things that people say. And the reason I say all these things is because there may be some listeners that are in this situation and thinking, you know, I might have not married the right guy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's useless. There's nothing we can do to fix this. And so anyway, long story, we moved to Dallas um, in the middle of all that. And I thought we could come here and I could just kind of like forget about what happened and uh, work on the marriage, and uh, I missed the emotional connection I had with this with this man, and I started calling him from Dallas, which led me to file for divorce in 1991. Jeff was fighting it the whole way, and I'd love for him to talk about that potentially, of like what that was like for him, uh, and I could not see straight, um, and totally opposite of who I really, you know, thought I was at that time, meaning oldest child, very responsible, didn't rebel, you know, growing up. And so for me to find myself in such a a mixed up world of morally, I knew what I was doing wrong, but I wanted this over here. And it was just, it was just an awful situation um, now that I can look back on it. Um, So we divorced in 92. And Jeff said, you know, I don't know why we're doing this. I don't know what's happened. I wasn't telling him all the truth, which is a whole nother part of this. Um, and so we divorced in August of 92, August 21st, 1992. I'll never forget that. 
And um, we had started to go to church when we came to Dallas, which we didn't do in California. Uh, you know, sometimes people start going to church when problems start happening, right? So we started going to church. And what happened to me is the Lord was coming after me very ferociously, actually. <laughs> and I didn't really know that or understand it at the time. But all I knew is every time there was a, a sermon or a song, I was crying through all the songs. I was felt like every word that was spoken from you know, a pastor was for me specifically, and, um, you know, I still went ahead and, and followed through with the divorce, and uh, that, once we divorced, I started going to a different church, and again, hearing the gospel every week, uh, and how much Jesus loved me, and that, I started to put it all together, and I'm really thankful, because it was a, a two-month period of time. It wasn't years, it was two months. And I'm so thankful to the Lord because, one, it was like a Damascus Road experience for me when, I mean, I had major, big, huge scales on my eyes and the scales came off mm. and I could see very clearly, even though I knew morally what I was doing wrong, I didn't understand the biblical sense of it. So mm. uh, once that happened, I, I had this community of believers around me, like I talked about before. And they were teaching me, I was 33, and they were showing me and teaching me how to read the Bible, um, how to, uh, you know, have a time with Jesus, how to journal prayers, all those kinds of things. And what that led to was me studying the Bible about marriage and reading every book I could on, on biblical marriage. And then I ended up going to a Bible study um, that Tommy Nelson used to do here live in Dallas on the Song of Solomon, and that even solidified it even more for me that God actually had a plan for dating and marriage and sex and relationships. And that put me on a path. Uh, I was just sitting in my chair one day, you know, journaling and I, I still do the same thing today that I started 30 years ago. Um, and I remember sitting there one day and opened up my journal and remember I was on my way to marry this other person. Okay. And I sat there, and it was almost like I didn't write it on the paper. Um, it was as if, you know, God's hand was just writing, I want you to pursue reconciliation of your marriage. And I was actually pretty mad about that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, yeah. And I thought, what? You know, and I was such a new Christian that I was like, am I here? Like, am I hearing this? Am I, what, you know, is this? And then I was learning it was the Holy Spirit really prompting me and, and, and speaking to me. And so I just ended up, um, you know, fighting a little bit the, that that direction. And then I was led to write a letter to Jeff. And at the very end of my letter, I said, I feel like God wants us to uh, pursue reconciliation. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she's looking at me and saying, and because I, I didn't want to have any part of it because I had worked so hard to try to figure out what was going on with our marriage and try to keep it together that when the when it was actually final, the divorce, I was just so angry. I didn't want to have anything to do with her. And we had two small children. We had two or twin daughters that were four at the time of the divorce. So I had devoted myself pretty much to you know, just trying to be the best dad I could be given the circumstances and work on my job. And then I was volunteering at my church, uh, helping the high school youth. And that was a key point for me because when I started, um, obviously I was in no position to teach or anything like that. And my high school youth pastor said, Hey, I just need you for crowd control. I know what you're going through, that kind of thing. But a couple years later, he had me, uh, take the high school boys to a book called The Disciplines of a Godly Man by Kent Hughes. And as I was studying that book to, to deliver the lesson to the uh, high school guys, um, God was using that book to convict me of not so much of what I had done in our marriage, but more of what I hadn't done. And so more of this kind of omission of not really leading my family spiritually um, and just, you know, not being thankful for what I had. And we're talking about thankful today. And so it was a journey for me because um, – I was really struggling, still struggling with anger towards Cheryl. Didn't really want to have much to do with her other than, you know, if it was something, I would talk to her if it was about our girls. And other than that, I really didn't want to talk to her. But God kept chipping away at me, and I, and I got involved in a men's Bible study um, on Friday mornings, early on a Friday morning. And 
for the first year or so, I would show up five minutes late, leave five minutes early, pull my baseball cap down over my eyes. I didn't want to see anyone or talk to anyone. I just wanted to listen, right? And then um, after about a year, a couple guys asked me to, you know, to to come with them to uh, breakfast, and they started, you know, sharing their story with me, and I started sharing mine, and you know, and the next thing you know, we become prayer partners, and I had them praying that God would put a godly woman in my life to be my wife. And after praying this for a couple of years, one of them said, did it ever occur to you that this godly woman that we're all praying for is your wife? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, anyhow, God really used that time. I know for me, you know, like when I study the Bible now and read passages like James 1, when it says, count it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds, mm-hmm. knowing that the trials produce steadfastness. And steadfastness must have its full effect that you would be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And then I think back from the perspective now, and, and that was a major trial in our life, but we've had other major trials in our life since then, and how God has used every one of those, mm-hmm. you know, to grow our faith, deepen our faith, and our trust in Him, and our love for Him. And for each other. And for each other, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, so many things to be grateful and thankful for now. Yeah. So, you know, as far as the seven years, um, so when I felt like the Lord and I, I very, I saw very clearly finally that it was the Lord asking me to pursue reconciliation. Um, I thought it might be a couple months and I never dreamed in a million years that it would be seven years. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I, I, I was anxious about it for sure. And I don't mean anxiety. I'm just talking about excited. And, you know, Jeff wasn't about it. And we saw each other probably three or four times a week uh, during those seven years. We lived five minutes from each other. We, you know, had our uh, visitation schedule with our kids, but we didn't have the standard one. We just kind of, we were very committed to being the best parents we could in the midst of this. Jeff and I weren't friends per se, but we, we didn't like fight in front of the kids or do, you know, crazy things. And so we, we got along well and I had a lot of hope and I, I had a lot of hope moments that I thought maybe Jeff was coming around and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, cause he's a sweet guy. Like you can tell, right? Like he's, you know, so I would, stubborn. I would take pride blood sometimes. Yeah. But. I would take every uh, opportunity to try to love on him. Initially, I was extremely aggressive of this because I thought I knew God had laid it on my heart. And I thought, well, Jeff would know that too. (laughs) And just kind of like jump right back in. But I always go back to, you know, Deuteronomy 8. So uh, year five into our uh, divorce years, the Lord showed me Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 10. And it talks about because I was about to give up and our pastor has interviewed us a couple times, um, you know, just uh, as, as a sermon. And he asked me one time, well, Cheryl, during the seven years, were you just like la-di-da-di-da, like waiting around and all of a sudden, you know, you're just kind of whatever, you know, whatever happens. Did you ever give up? And I said, yeah, probably 200 times at least. <laughs> and so, you know, 1997 was a big time for that. I didn't know if I could keep doing it. And I, you know, it wasn't like I was, laying in bed, depressed, uh, you know, oh, I can't, I can't believe this is happening. No, I was out, um, you know, very involved with my church, you know, had lots of friends, a lot of um, really solid, godly friends, but I was we- getting pretty weary. And so mm-hmm. um, the Lord gave me Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 10, which talks about obedience because I wanted to move on. And I had people trying to set me up and I'm like 38 years old and I thought, Golly, I mean, am I going to have to do this the rest of my life? <laughs> so that was my flesh speaking. And uh, and so I just um, read Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 10. And it says, obey all the commands. This is a paraphrase. But obey all the commands I'm giving you this day. So today, not tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, two years from now. This day, I may take you through the desert or the wilderness. Uh, these uh, 40 years, and that hit me pretty hard, knowing that Israel went through the wilderness. Um, and I, I'm not going to let your feet wear out. You're not going to go hungry. 
but I really want to test your heart and see where you are. And I thought, oh, mm. the Lord's really testing me here and he has more to teach me. And I was a little more mature by then. And what I realized is that God was wanting me to endure and persevere with him in this and not give up on what he had shown me. And then he followed up with um, the rest of the verse, uh, you know, the passage there, which says, I'm going to bring you into a good land. And that land for me then was a brand new marriage. But he wanted me to continue to walk with him and wait on him to get to that land. And then he describes the land. And it's rich with, you know, flowing waters and, and, you know, vegetation and all these rich things. And so, man, from that point on, I was like, Lord, I'm with you. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. with you. Just help me because I don't know if I can endure much longer. So about that time, you know, Jeff and I, he, I could tell he was softening some and we, we kind of call it <laughs> dating as a family. And uh, mm-hmm. he didn't want to be alone. He just, we did things as a family and that was fine. And eventually after about a year of that, I was like, Lord, can I ask him what he's waiting on? Because we're kind of giving our kids a little bit of false hope. Uh, and I don't know if I can wait any longer. <laughs> I'm still doing the, oh my gosh, okay, gotta wait some more, gotta wait some more. And, um, you know, I did get, I was very conscientious of pursuing what God wanted me to do at the time in the right timing. And I felt like the Lord was like, yes, you can ask him that. Mm-hmm. And so finally, I, you know, he, the girls were, um, you know, at a friend's and, and he and I were doing some dating a little bit on the side. <laughs> and um, I just said, you know, I was pretty scared. And I, I said, I have a question. And he said, well, what's that? And I said, um, what are you waiting on? And he just looked at me and he said, how do I know you're not going to do the same thing again? Yeah. Mm. And I thought, I mean, that's so legitimate, right? Yeah. And I wasn't really sure how to answer the question because I'm like, I'm so human. I never saw myself having an affair in my lifetime. How do I answer that question? And God gave me the perfect words. And the words were, Jeff, this isn't about you. This isn't even about our marriage. This is about God. And I never want to disappoint my God again. Wow. And so that really turned our our whole thing to where we started pursuing, you know, getting remarried and, and all of that. I think that is so fundamental that, you know, so often in marriage, uh, you know, when we say I do, we literally are looking at one another when we are taking that vow. But, you know, honestly, uh, the eyes of our heart need to be turned towards Christ in that moment as well, because we are making that vow to the Lord as well in this marriage. And, you know, Cheryl and Jeff, as you've been walking through this, I've heard the words um, obedience thankfulness. Cheryl, Mm -hmm. you asking yourself the question, what does God want to teach me through this? Which I think Mm -hmm. is just an invaluable question. What you're going through, what does God want to teach me through Mm -hmm. this? What does he want me to pursue? Always seeking him, seeking him. Jeff, as you did with the men in prayer, um, as you both did in, in prayer, I know as you're journaling and having that quiet time in Bible study, getting engaged in a church, really keeping our eyes on him and pursuing the heart of God, uh, because sometimes we can't heal these relationships, but he can. But it does take work and obedience on our behalf. And so I want to ask you both for those marriages that are struggling and, and we see Thanksgiving right in front of us and you know, there's lots of family gatherings, cooking, coordinating full calendars, trying to carve out time for special traditions and and memorable moments. And all these extra demands and full houses place even more stress on that already strained relationship. What are some practical tools to help husbands, to help wives, to um to not just enjoy this Thanksgiving season together, but to start maybe reconnecting and and truly being thankful for that relationship once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I you know you guys have talked about thankfulness a lot, and we're talking about this is kind of the season where we tend to talk about it more, right? To me though, that is an ongoing process. 
And I'm, I'm a firm believer in keeping a thankful list and writing down things every day that I'm thankful for, you know, and getting my legal pad out and making a list. And, you know, I, I've struggled with, um, with a little bit of anxiety in my life at different points and using that passage in Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, that don't be anxious for anything and prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And, you know, and using the part where it says with thanksgiving, so I'll make a list of all the things I'm thankful for, all the things I'm thankful for in my wife and my marriage, all the things I'm thankful for from God for putting our marriage back together. Thankfulness in, you know, and how God healed our daughter in a major accident she was in, a whole nother story. Uh, just the beauty, like trying to every morning, we don't live in the most beautiful place in the world, but <laughs> even with that. You know, I'm thinking about Kathy being up in Idaho, but oh, I'm thinking yeah. <laughs> even with that, when I go outside and sit down and I look at the blue sky and the warm sun shining on my face, the green leaves on the trees that are now turning a little bit, the green grass, all of it, and I just marvel at how God figured all this out, you know, and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And so how can I not be thankful? So I'm just so thankful for the Lord for giving us second chances giving us third chances and using that brokenness in our life to craft, craft in us a more mature faith, you know, and there's just so many things to be thankful for. So, well, I also, I also think that, so we have, you know, two other major trials after the divorce. One was what Jeff just mentioned. Our daughter, Lauren was in a, a, a really bad accident in 2011, almost died. She got hit by an airplane propeller. It was a lot of people have heard about it over the years. Um, but, you know, when we, when we, and then the other one is just recently, Jeff has gone through a two year bout with cancer. And I think what we want to think about there is one, we don't know what trial's coming next. We just don't. And this has only, um, just made our faith stronger. All of these things, although they've been so hard, like I couldn't hardly even function, you know, when, when Lauren went through her stuff. But to see her now and just see the, you know, what God has done, you know, that very night, um, the doctors told us that she probably won't live and she won't have the same personality or form of full sentence. And if she does, live. if she does live and, you know, it's 11 years later and she's married, they just had a baby and it's just amazing to see. And she's all herself and more, you know. Um, and, and so during that, to see what God, God's faithfulness in all of that was just overpowering. And it, it, it still is overwhelming today, 11 years later, to think about that and, and continue to process that. And then, you know, didn't expect Jeff to be diagnosed with cancer at the age of 62 and what that's looked like. I mean, we're like health fanatics. And we're like, wait, what? What? Oh, we didn't eat enough lettuce. Like, I mean, you know, I mean and so. You know, God has a, it's his plan. It's, it's his providence and sovereignty that we should be concerned with. And so, although this has been a trial too, we trust the Lord. And I'm not saying we never cry. And I'm not saying we just are sitting there like, la di da di da, like this isn't painful. That is not it at all. We're human beings, right? And so God gave us the ability to have emotions and the ability to grieve and the ability to, to do all these things. It's not just something we just sit here and go, Oh my gosh, I know God's got this. Cause we do say that. Right. But mm-hmm. what does that actually mean? Right. So it increases our faith in many trials. And, and again, like not taking for granted and being thankful for each day because man, Lauren and I were in church one night and three hours later we're fighting for her life. Like who would have ever wow. thought that? Right. Yeah. Like, you just don't see it coming. And so it's, we've got to be thankful for each and every minute that the Lord gives us because he also has our days numbered. <laughs> right. That's right. true. I, I love, like you say, just, we can trust in the Lord. He is faithful through all things, even in the impossible circumstances. I think mm-hmm. God just knocks that wall of impossible down and just shows you what he can do for his glory. He's just, he's amazing friends. And uh, we just want you to know him. We want you to experience that relationship with him deeply, fully. Um, even starting this Thanksgiving season to see what he will do 
in your life and through your life and in these relationships. Well, we have one more segment with Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs. We have a few more questions uh, for them about how to turn mourning into joy, how to have a household that is filled with love and laughter and forgiveness, friends. How do we achieve uh, achieve forgiveness even in those deep relationships where we feel that we've been completely betrayed. You're going to want to stay with us. It's going to be a powerful wrap-up in our final segment. We're going to get a word from our sponsors and be right back. Stay with us for Love Talk. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Love Talk. And a big thank you to our sponsors. Man, they have been with Love Talk. Many of our sponsors have been with Love Talk for well over 30 years. And we're just so grateful to those amazing sponsors. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader in studio with Kathy Indebrock, as well as our special guests, Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs. And before the break, or in our last segment, Jeff, you cracked me up because you were talking about, uh, y'all have both talked about how you journal and how you write things down. And so I was teasing them over the break about how Cheryl's journal is, you know, it's got stickers on it and she writes in different colors and it's pretty. And Jeff's basically got his big chief tablet and his number two pencil, right? And um, I love that. It's it's just another picture of how different men and women are and how we are so beautiful in our own ways. Um, and, you know, I think for me over my, the course of my marriage, I have had a tendency to keep a record of wrongs. Mm-hmm. You know, my legal pad might have been filled up with that record of wrongs. And it's really led us when when my husband and I look back, our our just tendency to not be thankful for one another and to be very quick to hold on to old grudges ha- has been the hardest times in our marriage. And you guys have been very purposeful about uh, making it a priority to be quick to forgive um, and to not keep a record of wrongs because First Corinthians is very specific about that. So how would you guys give us some practical advice maybe about um, developing a habit of thankfulness? Jeff, we'll start with you. Well, you know, I, I think it's being grateful. And, and, you know, gratitude isn't gratitude unless you express it, right? Oh, wow. So yeah. daily looking for things that I can tell Cheryl that I'm grateful for, not just I love you, babe. I, I probably tell her that 10 times a day. But what is it that I actually love about her? And mm-hmm. when I see her doing things that, you know, just like warm my heart, expressing that, telling her, you know, being grateful for that. And then the other thing I think about from – that we have learned in some of the trials in our life is keeping that eternal perspective and taking that list that you were talking about, uh, you know, where sometimes we'll keep records of wrongs and replacing that with records of things that we love about each other, things that we mm-hmm. can be grateful for and thankful for. And it, what that does is it increases the joy in your life too. When you're Absolutely. focused on gratitude instead of what, you know, maybe how she's like, and something in the past, letting go of those past, you know, issues and holding on to the promises of the Lord. And it just it just makes for more joy in your life and more joy in your marriage and then, you know, fun and laughter and all of that, right? Absolutely. You know, when we get bogged down in our own selfishness and our own pride, boy, <laughs> we we're trudging through the mud, but you can really turn that around by a soft word, a kind word, and uh, looking for ways to edify your spouse. That's what it's all about. And that's, you know, our kids see that when we say, wow, good job unloading that dishwasher, man. Woo, looking good, you know. Our I'd love kids, to hear that one more. Yeah. Right, right, right. Our kids see that, and that's so such a tiny thing. Um but we can really turn our household around with these words of encouragement and words of thankfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, Carrie, I, I know you were going to ask me about this in a little bit, um, but I have a new book coming out called Thriving. Yes. Believe, um, and it goes along with, I've had a podcast for five and a half years uh, called Thriving Beyond Belief. And nice. You know, when we talk about record of wrongs, and then we talk about the opposite, being purposeful, being joyful, being thankful. It's really interesting that we can decide where we want to focus. 
right? Mm. Like, my thought would be on the record of wrongs, what's the point of that? What's the purpose of that, right? Mm-hmm. And then I go to, which is what my whole book is about, is thriving. And what does thriving mean? And are we striving for thriving or are we just uh, surviving and not thriving? Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes me think about and I write about the reason I bring it up is because I wrote about all this in, in the book. Um, and how do we be positive in life? I think where it came from is I, I, I um, counsel a lot of women and I see so many women that aren't thriving. And for five years, God's laid on my heart. I, I want you're going to write a book about this. Like you're going to write a book about this. And I thought. Well, I don't know, but maybe. And so, you know, this year was that year. And it's good to be obedient. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> well, and so I think we have to make decisions. We have yes. to make decisions if we want to thrive or not. And then if we do, what does that actually look like? And that's a lot of what I point out in the book and help uh, women, um, you know, strive for. Um, do I want to be joyful? Or do I want to just kind of walk around sad and melancholy? You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you can't have the emotion of sadness or have what I guess some people would say negative emotions. We're allowed to feel sad and we're allowed to feel anger and things like that. But where are we headed? You know, and I think also the the point about joy versus happiness. So a lot of people say, I just want to be happy. That's what I said when I was divorcing Jeff. I just want to be happy. And the reality is that happy and happiness is very fleeting, but joy is a very deep rooted mm-hmm. thing in your heart. Mm-hmm. Like in this season, I am deciding to be joyful and then really seeking the Lord. Like sometimes I'm like, well, I really want to be joyful, but I'm really not joyful. <laughs> right now, <laughs> the Lord, I need you to help me to be joyful and show me what that looks like. And it's different for us in different seasons and it's different at different times for everybody. I mean, maybe last month the joy was different than it is this month. Right. Well, and Cheryl, I think that's so incredibly insightful because you say, when I want to feel joy, you don't go to Jeff and say, Hey buddy, you're not making me feel joyful. Cheryl, you go to Jesus, (laughs) right? Right. And so we have to go to the source of joy and while our husbands can bring us delight and boy, they can be a ton of fun they are not, they cannot be our source of joy. They cannot bear that burden of yes. being our source of joy. That, that burden is Jesus. He, he's the only one who's able to be our source of joy. And I love that we see it, that um, scripture tells us that Jesus went to the cross for our sins so that we could have eternal life because of the joy set before him. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that joy that was set before him was that relationship with you, Cheryl, that personal relationship with you, Jeff, with me, with Carrie. And so I think when we go to Christ and we acknowledge our, our sin, we seek him as our savior and as our Lord, that, that joy that, that held him, that made him willing to go to the cross, he just pours out that joy all over us. And so, friends, we have to ask ourselves, uh, where is our source of joy? It needs to be found. It can only be found truly in Jesus. And our, our spouse is not meant to bear that that burden of being our source, of, our source of joy. It's just too much for any man to bear, even the strongest men among us, I think. I, I do want to make so one, well one comment about that, though is that I think it's because, and this is a weakness of mine, and so I have had to work on it a lot. Um, I was raised not uh, processing with anyone. So my, mm. my family and stuff like that. And so that's how I went into marriage. And so I have to really work at, mm-hmm. you know, like if I'm not feeling joyful, you know, it's important for us to communicate mm-hmm. about some of these things too. Not be the source of, but communicate because that's what causes intimacy for us, right? As a right. couple, an emotional connection, a heart to heart, soul connection is being able to say, gosh, I'm just, I'm not feeling very joyful. Like either can you pray for me or, you know, him say, well, tell me about it, babe. Like what's, what's going on? So I think there's also that part of our one flesh union that's important for either of us, you know, and I think sometimes with men, you know, I think women need to know this. I think sometimes with the men don't want to bother their wife. They're supposed to be strong and be a leader. 
And I think for me, at least what happened for me, <laughs> when, Jeff is, when Jeff's vulnerable and mm-hmm. uh, expressive and can share his heart in, a, in, in that kind of way, it just draws me towards him and to him. Um, and then we can, you know, walk these walks together. I think that's super important. And that word vulnerable is huge. Yeah. Right. We have to be willing to open ourselves up. Um, and for some of us, that can be painful. Right. I'm sure, Cheryl, for you, that was super painful when you had to tell Jeff, look, I've I, I had an affair. Oh. Right. That's vulnerability. Yeah. But yet it led to a place of healing. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. ultimately what vulnerability is. Um, and I mean, look at our savior. He was so vulnerable on that cross mm-hmm. um, for all of us, um, giving everything that he had. He opened himself up for you and I and said, I am here for you ultimately forever. Right. Um, and that's that's what we want for every single person that is listening to our podcast today is to know the ultimate love and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And um, we've talked about it today with uh, being thankful in our marriages, but ultimately it's about our Savior and about putting him first in our lives. Jeff and Cheryl, we just, we cannot thank you enough for spending time with us today on Love Talk. Now, how can our listening friends find you guys? Yeah, so our website is very simple, jeffandcherylscruggs.com. It's J-E-F-F, and it's the word and, A-N-D. Cheryl is C-H-E-R-Y-L, uh, Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs, S-C-R-U-G-G-S, at me.com, I mean, at uh, dot com. And then, uh, let's see, you can really do everything there. You can contact us, um, you, for appointments. You can find our resources, our books on there. Um, uh, my, my new book's already on there. So you can actually pre-order. If you pre-order between now and I think it's the first week of November, you have free shipping. So <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listening friends, we love you so much. We are out of time here today on Love Talk. You know you can find us on pod, any podcast, Love Talk, all one word. You can find us online. Find us on Facebook. For Kathy Endebrock, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater. We'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.